Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Good evening, Dolphins fans. Welcome to another episode here of On the Fence Side with Cat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, all of our social media outlets, as well as the Fan Sided Network and FinFanatic.com. The Dolphins win convincingly here today, 30 to 15 over the Houston Texans. And if you take a look historically, Paul, the biggest win in or the biggest halftime lead in NFL history was 42 points. 49 to seven. Um, I've got to look it up here, but uh, I mean, I, it, it was the, mm, it was 42 points. My uh, screen is not, not loading, but, uh, but the dolphins were up 30 to nothing at halftime. And it seemed like they didn't quite know what to do with the lead at halftime. Yeah. After they did that, which is a good problem to have. We, we finally found a weakness in McDaniel's game. He doesn't know how to play when up by 30 points uh, or, or how to how to come out of halftime up 30. And if that's the biggest weakness in his game, I hope he gets a lot more opportunities to work on that uh, as we move forward here, even though we're hitting the tougher part of our schedules. Yep. And the big news coming out is Teron Armstead. He left the game with a pec injury, a pec injury that he had a couple of years ago with the Saints. But according to all reports, it's not a torn pectoral. Um, we're going to find out more about that here in the upcoming days. But it looks like he is also going to miss some time. And the big story of the game is when he left the lineup, the Dolphins' pass protection certainly took a big hit. Yeah, but you know what? I'm just happy because anybody that follows me on Twitter, it sounds like our prayers worked. I started the hashtag Pray for Teron's titty, and it it sounds like it, it kicked in right away. So great job, guys! Great job. <laughs> I give you all the credit for that. I'm um, telling you, we saved we saved Teron's titty today. Yeah, we did. And uh, now it's been when the Dolphins go to San Francisco next next weekend. It's going to be 50 days since the Miami Dolphins have lost a football game. So it is a reason to celebrate here tonight. 
you know, uh, and it wasn't complete. I mean, it wasn't a perfect game and it definitely wasn't a perfect game in the second half because the dolphins did not put up a point in the second half, but after, you know, after they did not put up a point or after they got to halftime, we were begging for Tua to leave the lineup because he got a bunch of very big sacks and the Dolphins couldn't run the ball. So we didn't quite know what to do on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, no, it's, it's, <clears throat> I think it was a little bit that I think a little bit Teron Armstead leaving. And also I think that the Texans for the first time in a while, had the opportunity with the way Miami's run game was stalling with the Jeff Wilson injury with Raheem Mostert being out to pull back and go, Oh, we can just pin our ears back because they're still throwing the ball repeatedly. So the Texans defense pulled back and, and really just went after it came after Tua, which I can't blame them for. And the protection didn't do a great job in those moments, but also it felt like Miami came out a little flat in the second half after holding the Texans to 16 yards of total offense in the first half or, or yeah. until late in the second quarter. It, it was kind of weird that the Dolphins were up 30 to nothing and the Texans were pinning their ears back and trying to get to the quarterback because, <laughs> I mean, it should be the opposite. The Dolphins should be trying to establish the run game, try to, you know, bleed out the clock, but that wasn't the case. They, I, I think that, Mike McDaniel wanted to make a point in this game when the Dolphins were up 30 to nothing and try to really make this like a 45 to 50 to nothing or seven win. And it, that didn't happen, but what's the downfall of that? You, you end up winning the game 30 to 15, which the Dolphins did. Yeah. And there were a lot of drops in this game that really kept the score as close as it was. Um, we had several drops that ended drives in the first half uh, or ended up with us settling for a field goal. And I think I speak for all of Dolphins Nation, the one other drop that I want to talk about from today that, believe it or not, I, I, I actually was a little bit sad about was Laramie Tunsil almost caught a two-point conversion. And if you weren't going to stand up and cheer for the man – you're being ridiculous because that, that man belongs in the ring of honor with what that trade brought to this franchise. Yeah, that would have absolutely brought a lot of cheers. Not for me because I don't believe in style points. So mm, nah, not for me, but uh, I understand what, what, what a lot of people. Um, and, and he got some cheers throughout the game and two got a lot of should. MVP cheers. As, as well. he should, uh, as he should. Uh, so now heading into week 13 to a tongue of Iloa, 19 touchdowns, three interceptions. He had a quarterback rating of 99.8 in this game. Um, could have been a little bit higher. I thought he didn't miss a couple of throws, but that's, you know, that's something that, that is for another day quite frankly. Um, and when you look at the 49ers next week, that's going to be an interesting matchup because you've got Nick Bosa, one of the best pass rushers in the NFL, going up against this Miami Dolphins offensive line. And at the offensive tackle spot, you're not going to have Teron Armstead in this game as it appears. Yep. And 
I just wanted to say this too. Uh, you brought up the 19 touchdowns, three interceptions. We will enter December before the Dolphins play another football game. To his last interception was in September. He will have wow. gone the entire month of October and November without an interception. And in that time, he has thrown, since the last game he threw an interception in, 11 touchdowns. And uh, Tyreek Hill reclaims the NFL lead in receiving yards by one yard. And then he was pulled from the lineup. Great job there by Mike McDaniel. Uh, Jalen Waddell, 85 receiving yards here today. And so now he is, I believe, 20 yards shy of 1,000 yards for the second straight year. That's incredible. Um, Jeff Wilson, not a good, not a good day on the ground, but I also noticed early on that the Texans were trying to overcompensate greatly for how bad they've been on run defense over the last few weeks. I mean, they had seven, eight guys in the box the entire game. And hey, if you want to try to do that and stop Jeff Wilson, that's fine. Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill are going to go over the top against you. Yeah, and Jeff Wilson really did another thing today, too, because even though he wasn't hugely effective, it was a very noticeable difference between him and Miles Gaskin when Gaskin entered the game. Um, somebody that I know we didn't hate as much as some folks did, um, thought was okay and deserved a role as like the number three back, potentially a third down back for the Dolphins. There is a drastic drop off from Wilson to Miles Gaskin at this point in time. And it's unfortunate because I like the guy. He seems like a good kid. But any type of stranglehold he's got on a roster spot is probably gone after this year. And where was Savan Ahmed in the second half? I mean, uh, <laughs> you, you would think that he would get in there as well. And I would be remiss not to bring up that my prediction was Mike Isicki, eight catches for 110 yards. The stat line reads zero catches for zero yards. So, you were so close. thankfully, <laughs> so thankfully, um, the Dolphins won this game, and I don't have to buy it back that badly. But uh, yeah, Cater Cater, well. Cater was like that close to getting what would have yes. been a pick six. Like yes, your prediction times. was Cater Cater Kohu with the pick six, and uh, there was it was a four yard loss by I think it was Brandon Cooks, and that should have been a pick six. Well, and then there was the one where I think Roe and, and Kohu collided, that Kohu had a beat on it, and it was just like runway to the end zone at that point, too. So there were multiple times today. Um, and we did get a defensive touchdown. We did. Uh, and I feel a little bit bad about this, but I did fall right on another projection as well, which was Jalen Waddle would have a great game and end up short of his 1,000 yards today. Um, which I'm upset to be be right about. Yeah, I mean, if if the Dolphins, if this game had been closer, Jalen Waddle would have had would have eclipsed that thousand yards. Oh, and they tried to force I it mean, into him in the second half. You you, you saw that where it was like yeah, he was the only receiver on the field with Skylar Thompson. Early on, yeah, I mean, but as the game went on, they start started to run the ball later in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean. But Jalen Wild is going to get that here next week. Um, as far as the the Dolphins' offensive line is concerned, um, I am concerned moving mm -hmm. forward because Nick Bosa, 
comes into town next week. Or it, the Dolphins travel to San Francisco next week. A tough 49er squad. And if they can't block Nick Bosa, I think that has a domino effect on the rest of the Dolphins offense, as we saw here today against the Texans even. Yeah, it's the difference between being effective and Tua getting murdered and bent in half and played like an accordion. And Yeah, no, it's it's a huge difference, uh, especially if it's going to have to be Greg Little and Brandon Shell instead of, you know, uh, yeah, those, these tackle injuries are getting to me, man. It, it, to me, every any combination of the Dolphins and offensive tackle besides Armstead left tackle and Brandon Shell at right tackle is not good enough, quite yeah. frankly. Austin Jackson um, is terrible. I'm sorry, he's bad. He is a bad football player. He will. He was a bad football player at USC. He was a bad football player in 2020. He was a bad football player in 2021. He was terrible today. If you want to, if if you want evidence of that, watch the play uh, to Jalen Waddle early in the game, 25 yard catch. You will see Austin Jackson moved off his spot very easily in the first two seconds of the play. If you support Austin Jackson as an offensive lineman for the for the Miami Dolphins, understand this clearly. You support players that are bad football players. It's well, that simple. I, I I was keeping tabs and joking around with my dad after a few plays when I noticed there were a lot of plays where Austin Jackson just didn't block anybody. Um, one of the one that was no more apparent actually that that he didn't block anybody was Jeff Wilson's touchdown, where the only block he came anywhere close to making was he almost leveled Jeff Wilson. Um, and luckily managed to spot him last second and just go Olay as he as he watched him cross his face, which is a sin as a lineman, having to let your running back run between you and the guy you're maybe trying to block. I, I'm assuming. Yep. Brandon Shell plays the position at an average level. That's it. And that's all I've ever expected from a right tackle. Um, and he's terrible as a left tackle. Brandon Shell is bad as a left tackle. Um you know, so I'm I'm hoping that they can figure this out over the next couple of weeks. But you anyway, know who was a beautiful blocker today? Alec Ingold. Yes, he was. On that uh Jeff Wilson touchdown, he was fantastic. Loved it. Several and plays. I, look, I I there 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 there's a lot to celebrate here tonight. The Dolphins were up 30 nothing nothing at halftime. Austin Jackson is not one of them. Um but uh, on the defensive side of the ball, I've got to say Jalen Phillips is a star. I mean, you want to talk about somebody who can, who can be, who can get the backside pursuit and just run down. I mean, he can be 10 yards past the line of scrimmage and the quarterback takes off and he runs, he can run 20 yards downfield and <laughs> And nobody knows where he's coming from. I mean, he, he's fantastic. He and Bradley Chubb are a fantastic combination. They are. I was really impressed with Chubb today. I was really impressed with so many on the defensive side of the ball. Cater Kohu, God, I, I keep saying his name, but love that man. Um, and really the effect of Christian Wilkins, Zach Sealer, and yes, Raquan Davis as well today, but Christian Wilkins and Zach Sealer are just 
those unheralded guys that are studding out. And oh my God, Jerome Baker got sent on an A-gap blitz today. For the first time I can recall seeing all season. And what did he do? He got a sack and forced a fumble. Holy crap. It's like, uh, he, maybe that's he something that sack. works with him. He had a sack. Uh, Landon Roberts had a sack. Jalen Phillips, Bradley Chubb, and uh, somebody else I'm forgetting here. Uh, but it's Duke Riley got credited for a sack. Duke Riley, yeah, yeah. Duke but Riley, that yeah. really wasn't his sack. He was the one that fell on him. Um, but uh, Melvin Ingram really just sent him tripping and reeling, and Duke Riley and somebody else jumped on him as he fell. Yeah, so. uh, Tyus, um, Tyus Howard at, at the right tackle spot had a had his hands full all day. Uh, Melvin Ingram is somebody who should have a lot more sacks on the season. And he pushes the pocket, pushes the pocket, and he allows other players to get the sack. And that's what you saw with Duke Riley, with Jerome Baker, um, and with um, Alanda Roberts, each getting a sack on the day. So fantastic work by the defense. And there, I mean, it, it seemed like this was kind of a preseason game, you know, after the first half. I mean, when you're up 30 to nothing and you don't have much to, you know, yeah, the, the Texans scored 15 points in the third quarter and the beginning of the fourth quarter, but, you know. You know who was around the ball a lot early in this game? And I, I'm going to admit it. There are very few times where, where I say this. But I'm, I, I had to go, who the hell is that? Um, I, I know who you're going to say. Justin Zimmer. Yeah. <laughs> the, I, I, somehow I missed the Dolphins bringing him in, uh, like, literally four days ago. Um, yeah. No, he seemed to be – like, he didn't record a stat today, but he sure seemed to be around the ball a lot. Yes, he was. I mean, uh, because the Browns poached uh, Ben Stilley – off of uh, the practice squad. Yep. And, you know, I was kind of disappointed in that a little bit, you know, kind of on a low key level, but that, you know, number 96, I was like, man, this guy is always around the ball. Built like Ram Man from the old He Man cartoons. Yeah. Whatever that is. Oh, Jesus. I mean, Christ. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he, he pushed the pocket all day. I mean, really like, wow, who, who the heck is that guy? Um, on the back, on the back end of the defense, Xavier Howard looked much, much healthier today. Yeah, Those he actually looked like groins, Xavier Howard again. Yes, he did, and it's not just the defensive touchdown, which I'm happy he got. He he easily could have had two more interceptions, and he was shadowing Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks, you did not hear anything of today. Um, and. Nico Collins, you know, I, I, I've always felt that Brandon Cooks and Nico Collins are a good one-two combo. Not a great one, but a pretty good one. Didn't hear anything from him today. That's why Kyle Allen had 49 yards passing at halftime. Yeah, no, it's – and it looks like Xavier Howard has a set of hands on him again. Did you see – and I know it was out of bounds, but there was a pass in the end zone. I believe it was to Nico Collins. 
and Xavier Howard just reached out and snared it one-handed, even though he came down out of bounds with it. Um, there was a lot to like in this game, and it really started with the way the secondary played today. And it was funny, but just the Dolphins seemed to smell blood in the water uh, as the second half wore on, on the defensive side of the ball especially, and were just all over the place, dialing up the blitz. And I don't, I don't know if you noticed this or a lot of folks did, but when Miami came out in the second half, they seemed to get away from the blitz a lot. And this is a defense that's built around blitzing. This is a defensive personnel group that is built around blitzing. Uh, and they're a defense that specializes in that. So just like when you heard Mike McDaniel talk about the fact that he looks for something a little different in running backs than what is a typical or typical around the league. Uh, and the problem is if you try to take a guy that's not typical and use him like a typical back, you're, you're not going to have an effective running back in a lot of ways. The same thing with a defense that's built around the blitz. If you get away from the blitz, start providing cushion, stop jamming guys up a little bit, stop playing them as tight, stop rushing the way that you're designed to rush it's going to drastically affect your defense when you just play normal defense. And we saw that in the second half when they got away from it, when they started dialing up just a few basic blitzes as the second half wore on, suddenly that defense looked lights out again. And that that's something that I hope that the analytical Mike McDaniel goes back, looks at and says, all right, we might dial back our blitz package a little bit, but we're not going to play off as far. We're not going to play a game that's not our game. You can screw yourself by not playing your game, especially in a game like football, and instead playing, you know, just some really anything different than what your game is. Like, and, and for this Dolphins team, this defensive identity, they got away from it this one. Um. You brought up a couple of points there that, and I, I, I agree with a lot of what you said there because um, I think the reason the Dolphins got Bradley Chubb is four games like this mm -hmm. where you can have Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb on the outside and you don't have to bring all those players, but you also have the option to bring those guys and, on the so so you can you can get to the quarterback with four but you can also send five or six and we saw that as the game progressed because the texans were starting to you know make or get first downs get a lot more yards the dolphins were up 30 and nothing at halftime and then we blink our eyes and it's 30 to 15 dolphins at the beginning of the fourth quarter and then at that point, the Dolphins started blitzing a lot more. And it begs the question, why aren't they doing that earlier in games? Well, and they were in the first half. They were blitzing a decent amount in the first half. Maybe it wasn't, you know, as dialed up as some people expect, but they were bringing guys in that first half. It's a defense that's built on deception, the blitz, and coverage. Simple as that. It's built on guys that can stay with their dude, and being able to deceive the offense, give looks that, that aren't what they actually are, 
and send people from unexpected places and drop people in unexpected places and really confuse coverages. It's there's a reason it's funny. Um, I was talking to my dad in the first half and Kyle Allen walked up to the line and basically points to 52 is the mic. Right. And he's like, isn't the middle linebacker usually, you know, and I'm like, yeah, but here's the thing. All their protections are based off of who the, the quarterback comes up and identifies as the mic on a given play. So it's, if you've got a defense that is built on a little bit of deception there, you can really screw up the offense's blocking schemes by just shifting things a little bit slightly. You look at that blitz that they sent Melvin Ingram on where he came up and flew up the middle from the edge. And it's something that if Miami gets away from and goes to playing a vanilla defense, that's got a lot of cushion to it. That's not in the wheelhouse of, of this player base. See, I, I don't think the dolphins play a vanilla defense. I, I, I think they have a lot of twists and stunts and they don't blitz as much as they, as they should. Somebody in chat just brought up uh, Toby. Thank you. That Justin Zimmer actually went to Ferris state. Yep. <laughs> the same college as, uh, as Zach Sealer. Are you kidding me? <laughs> is, so there any, is, there any, is there any doubt this guy is going to be a dolphin for the next two years? We got two Ferris Staters, a guy from the Texas A&M School of Commerce playing on a defense for our defensive coordinator, who is from the South Dakota School of Mines and Technology. And, you know, for probably the most unorthodox coach in the NFL. I love it. I'm not sure if any uh, Ferris State uh, players have been drafted over the last 20 years. Can somebody look that up? Grandizer, can you look that up here? I was say Grandy um, probably no, knows. No, uh, Zach Sealer was a seventh round pick. I know that, but uh, uh, and anyway, um, let's get to our grades, Paul. Uh, to uh, on the day, uh, two hundred ninety nine yards passing, quarterback rating of almost a hundred. Um, I thought he missed a couple of passes though. I mean, that pass to Mike Isiki in the end zone. I don't know what was going on. It looked like he was trying to throw the ball into triple coverage, and I've rewatched the play several times. I don't know what he was looking at there. Um, But, I mean, his ability to get the ball out of his hands is what makes him special right now. Um, So I'm going to go – I'm going to go A-minus for Tua in the quarterback spot. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I mean, I'd love to give him a three-letter grade here. Um, you heard the Dolphins fans chanting it around the stadium. But, I mean, look, he had a couple of missed, missed throws today. But I feel like we're nitpicking with that. It's He also had a bunch of critical drops from receivers that, that hit them in the hands. Um, so, 
every quarterback's going to miss some throws. He he made some good decisions today and and really made some plays happen. He had a beautiful play, I think it was in the first quarter, where he 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 managed to sneak out through the defense to uh, the left sideline. And it looked like he was going to take off with the ball, and he saw somebody at the last second and just fired it over. The Durham-Smythe ad-lib touchdown was another thing of beauty from both him and Smythe. Um, and there, there's a lot of moments with Tua with that. And you see that confidence and swagger back with him, and it's fun to watch. I, you know, here we are, two months, more than two months removed from his last interception. Uh, he's throwing touchdowns and fits in bunches. He almost had 300 yards, and he barely played into the third quarter. Like, hey, period. <laughs> And what I loved about it too is that Tua was fighting with Mike McDaniel and the trainers on the sidelines to stay in the game. Uh, and we're, and he, he was helping call plays. He was literally yeah. standing next to McDan- McDaniel, suggesting plays. It didn't. It didn't really help Skylar Thompson, who went one for five for six yards. But you know, it's 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 nitpicking. Um, running back, you know, um, you know my role. I. If, if, if the running back position does not get over three yards to carry, I can't give him above a B. So, uh, you know, th- there wasn't a lot of room for Jeff Wilson to run. Um, so, you know, on the day, 13 carries, 39 yards, Miles Gaskin, six for 17 when he was trying to run out the clock. Not a lot of room, but also uh, Jeff Wilson didn't break a lot of tackles today. So it was by far his most unimpressive day. I'm still hopeful for the guy. And I think he provides a better one-two combo with Raheem Mostert when Mostert is healthy enough to get back in the lineup. But I'm going to go C-plus for the running backs. I'm going to go with a solid C. I mean, Jeff Wilson got in the end zone, but in a game that was a blowout, it didn't feel like Miami could get the running game going, and I don't put all that on the on the offensive line. There were there were a couple of carries early on where it felt like Wilson took the wrong cut. Uh, like I said before, Miles Gaskin, while I did like him coming into this year, even in a day where Wilson only had 13 carries for 39 yards, you could see a tangible, visible difference in Jeff Wilson carrying the ball from Miles Gaskin. Uh, And that speaks volumes to me of what I can expect from Miles Gaskin. This was a very, really below average game. The touchdown brings it up to a C and and some of the blame on the offensive lineman keeps it at that C. But yeah, I was, I was hoping Gaskin was going to get in in the second half and really explode and break a lot of tackles. I didn't see that from him either. Um, Alec Ingold is a monster. I mean, his ability to move around just across the formation is very impressive. You saw that on the short touchdown um, run from Jeff Wilson after the uh, the uh, Van Ginkle uh, interception. Uh, wide receiver and tight end, Paul, I'm going to throw it back to you. Again, before Tua left the game, he hit nine different receivers in this one. Uh, Tyreek made some great plays happen. Jalen Waddle, despite several drops, um, had a really good game, closing in on a thousand yards here. 
I liked what I saw from Craycraft in this one. Uh, Sherfield had a, a drop or two early. Gasicki was a non-factor, but Durham Smythe was, was a big one in this one, even though he only had one catch for four yards and a touchdown. I uh, saw so him make some very critical blocks, even though he let up a sack uh, that doesn't get attributed to the offensive line, in which Tua got blasted. Um, I'm going to go with a B-plus for the wide receiver position. Yeah, I mean, I thought they separated very well the entire day. I'm going to match you on the B-plus. Terry Kill, six for 85, also another rush for five yards from Hill. Um, Waddle, you know, had – I don't even know if we can categorize them as drops. You know, he, he had two that, that would have been difficult to catch. One was high across the middle. And another one that, yeah, probably should have caught. But the other, the other one was a straight up drop. I know which one you're talking about. It literally yeah. closed his hands too soon, and it hit off this part of his hands. Yeah, the the one on the first quarter on first yeah. twenty. Yeah, I, I I agree on that one. Uh, River Craycraft, it's great to see him get involved here. I mean, uh, he and Trent Sherfield. We ask ourselves, why is Eric Ezekama not on the field more? Well, we saw that here today. Um, so yeah, uh, and, and I just uh, mentioned the B plus real quick uh, before we lose it, so so uh, I can read it to you. So Grandy did find the answer four years ago. Former defensive tackle Zach Sealer became Ferris State's first ever NFL draft choice when he was picked in the seventh round as the 238th overall selection by the Ravens via Ferris State's official f- football website. And you're the best, Grandy. Appreciate that. And uh, Justin Zimmer, we're rooting for you as well. Uh, offensive line, obviously the big story is Toronto Armstead. And, I mean, just a flawless game until he gets knocked out of it with a pectoral issue. Um, you know, it's he, he, had a, he had a pec issue a couple of years ago with the Saints. But – it's expected to keep him out for at least a couple of weeks here now. And it's, it's up to Greg little and it's up to Austin Jackson and it's up to Brandon shell to take that next step up. But after he left the game, it was very clear that the dolphins were not the same team offensively. Um, On the interior of the offensive line, Connor Williams and Robert hunt have something going on. Um, also, Robert uh, um, Robert Jones can't remember what play it was, but he gave up a big sack. It, actually, it was the one where Tua got bent back at the end of the sec- at the end of the first half. Um, so when you categorize all of that, it's 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 hard to put a finger on it. So I'm just going to go with a C plus um, because the Dolphins did not create enough running lanes. Um, and Armstead left the game, and when he left the game, it got ugly at the offensive tackle spot. I'm gonna actually come in below you on this. Uh, I'm gonna go with a C minus. They couldn't open running lanes today. Uh, they let up five sacks in this one, and granted, part of it was the fact that Toronto Armstead left. There was a series; I think it was three plays in a row that Tua got sacked in the third quarter. Um. There was no unit that came out flatter in the second half than the offensive line. And 
you know, you let Mario Addison get his first sack of the year in this one. Malik Collins, who came into the game with a half a sack, gets two today. Like, this team rises and falls based on Tua being in the lineup. And these guys, good, bad, or indifferent injuries or no, were letting Tua get belted today um, after a certain point in the second quarter. And on top of that, you know, we talked about the fact that Austin Jackson didn't appear to block anybody today. Like the best things he did were happened to stay in somebody's way a little long while he got run over. Uh, if, if he touched somebody on a given play and I'm not counting him touching the running back as he cuts across his face between him and the blocker, like, yeah, you're supposed I'm, I'm to be, probably you're, you're supposed being... to be athletic and fast. That's part of the selling point with Austin Jackson is he's athletic. He's a guy that's going to get there. And if you're not getting there and you're not blocking, there's a problem. Yeah, he I'm starting to think he's never going to get there. And uh, I, I think your evaluation is exactly on the mark there with the offensive tackle and guard spot. Uh, def- defensive side of the ball. Um, loved everything I saw in the first half and everything in the second half. I have to categorize as dump offs. I mean, I mean, 49 yards passing from Kyle Allen in the first half. And then in the second half, uh, yeah, he, he completed at one point 14 passes in a row, which is fine if you're challenging to win the game, but they weren't, you know, it, it's, you know, it was it was thirty to fifteen, it midway through the fourth quarter. So, um, yeah, I I, but as far as the front seven is concerned, and looking at the grades, I actually let's go with the defensive line. Now, it, see, Van Ginkle screws us all up here. So let's go with the front seven. Um, Dude, I'm gonna make it easy for you. There wasn't a unit on the defense I didn't like today, other than when when they went into that stupid prevent garbage in the second half which really wasn't on them i'm i'm going to give the entire defense an a plus here so let help me out here uh a front seven a plus yeah okay about five sacks in this game um everybody got got in on the party they they pull freaking uh god i just blanked on his name um from justin zimmer from from a practice squad and he comes in and, and, and is affecting plays. Zach Sealer was everywhere. Christian Wilkins was everywhere. Raekwon Davis was everywhere. Jalen Phillips was everywhere and more. Um, you know, <laughs> Chubb was everywhere. Jerome Baker made some great plays today. Landon Roberts made some plays today. Freaking Andrew Van Ginkle has an interception. They were bad. Andrew bad Van Ginkle with this first career interception. Which is crazy because he's got more touchdowns than interceptions at this point. Yeah, I'm uh, gonna stay with I'm gonna stay with an A for the for, for the front seven because you know my rule and it has to be historic for that to happen. But an A for the front seven. Sixteen yards of total offense with two minutes left in the first half is historic enough for me. All right, A plus. I'm doing. Thank it. you. <laughs> <laughs> And everything else, we're we're dump off passes. I mean, Damian Pierce over the last two games for for, for the Texans, I feel bad for the kid. Six, 15 carries for 16 yards after a very good rookie season. 
and a player that we talked about repeatedly in the pre-draft draft process at the running back spot too. Shame. You can't um, be the, the team's only weapon at running back unless you're Derrick Henry. Yeah, that's true. I have no respect for running backs, really. Um, so uh, uh, secondary, Xavier Howard gets in the end zone uh, after uh, Jordan Aikens gets the ball stripped from Eric Rowe. Good for Eric Rowe. I mean, somebody that's just been sitting in the background. Um, he gets that gets that punch on Jordan Aikens that makes the game takes the game from 20 to nothing to 27 to nothing in a complete blowout. Veron McKinley gets an interception when Bradley Chubb pushes the pocket, pushes uh, uh, Howard, the right tackle, right back to the quarterback. So fantastic game. And Cater Kohu should have had the pick six, but did not. Veron McKinley gets his first career interception too. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. So I'm going to go with an A for the uh, defensive backs as well. So special teams. How about Jason Sanders? He did all right today. It's, he must have eaten his Wheaties over the break. He needed that he week He did better off, than all know. right. You hey, he, he, you know, we're going with all right until I see this consistently. But that's a huge move up from two weeks ago when I was ready to move on. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, but how about Thomas Morstead? Morstead, uh, six. Yeah. I mean, he, six didn't take almost, an, he, he almost he did, put up as many yards as two today. He didn't take a nap today. I mean, yeah. uh, that's one thing. Uh, but one thing that's, that's crazy though, too, the dolphins for almost, if you look back to, uh, the, the bears game, to the second quarter of this game, um, almost six full quarters where the Dolphins did not punt the football. That's crazy. I mean, uh, yeah, that's that's nuts. And 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 when Morstead did punt the football, he did a good job. I I wish he would have, you know, punted the ball. I wish he would have gotten the Dolphins back, and you know the five to 10 yard range, but you know, whatever. Yeah. And we gave up one decent return today. Um, on top of that, Cedric Wilson, I hate seeing him return kicks. I hate our punts. I hate it. Hate it. Hate it. Hate it. Hate it. Hate it. What's that? What's that? What's that? Oh, I'm, 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 that? I'm curious because I'm, I don't, I don't disagree with you on that. I'm, I'm curious why, why you say that. Is he, is he, not, is him, he not explosive enough or he's are not you fearful that he's... And I don't feel like he makes great decisions. Um, I didn't like the way he went after that ball that was bouncing today. And granted, it might have rolled down, but it was too dangerous of a play in a critical moment early in the game. Um, I think he tiptoed on another return uh, inexplicably. Uh there's a lot of reasons I just don't like him returning punts. And I, I think that's an area that I'd like to see Miami focus on this offseason, as well as enriching the offensive line. I think you miss uh, Jakeem Grant a little bit. I do. Yeah. I, I At least it was too. a threat of flipping the field. 
I kind of do too. I really do. Because I, I didn't see anything uh, that Cedric Wilson did wrong today. Um, he just looks tall and lanky as a punt returner. I thought, but I think he's the best punt returner on this team too, quite honestly. So no, I, he's I, not. Tyreek Hill is, but I don't want to risk him there. Yeah, yeah right. I mean, Hill and Waddle are better, but right. as far as as far as a specialty player, I would put Cedric Wilson back there. Um, I, I I don't want I don't want Javon Holland back there because he's the last line of your defense. You know. Yeah. No. It's it's. I mean, I'm about ready to start looking at CFL returners. Uh, I'm about ready to start looking at Arena League returners to bring in somebody that's truly a return specialist Um, because he ain't it. And there are those moments where you can flip the momentum of a game as a punt returner. And I hope to God, we never have to rely on that moment. Who is that guy that you liked uh, in the off season? Uh, God, I'm blanking uh, on the name right now. Oh, uh, dead man. Yes, yeah. Devontae Deadman. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, I feel like he didn't get a shot because of the depth at the receiver position. But honestly, I wouldn't mind looking around to see if he's still available, and I didn't do my research on that before the show. But... Well, uh, overall, I mean, uh, uh, Cedric Wilson uh, got more involved in the offense today than he has all year, which is good. He, he re- he's returning punts. He's starting to, I'm not going to say, you know, get, get a handle on, you know, being, being a player that makes 7 million a year, but I'm, I'm glad he's starting to make a little bit of an impact. Hopefully that accelerates as the season goes on. Um, so Paul, who is your player of the game? Who's your Coke West player of the game? My player of the game today is going to be Jalen Phillips. Um, for a defense that got an A-plus across the board for me, he still stood out taller than anybody else uh, on that defensive side of the ball. Um, and, and that says a lot in the game that saw the return of Xavier Howard, that saw the impact that Bradley Chubb can make, that saw the impact that so many players can make on this defense. And, and Jalen Phillips stood tall today, and, and it was a beautiful thing to see. Uh, as far as my Coke bus player of the game, as bad as Austin Jackson was inexplicably not blocking people, I'm actually going to throw it a little bit unfairly at, at Brandon Shell over on the left tackle spot. I feel like he's definitely out of position at left tackle. Uh, I liked him better when he moved back over to right tackle later in the game when Greg Little came out, when Austin Jackson left with an injury. But he single-handedly let up some, some drive killing moments. And, and so I got to throw shell on the, on the Coke bus here, even though I hope he's starting at right tackle next week. Yeah. I, I think both of your players are very well said. Um, my Coke bus player is going to be Austin Jackson for the reasons you described. Uh, I think he, his setup and pass protection is embarrassing. Uh, and I, I want I mean Brandon Shell at left tackle is an F, but at right tackle he's a B minus. And they he needs to get back at that at that right tackle spot to 
to be competitive uh, in this environment. Um, my player of the game, I'm going to go a little bit of a different route, and I'm going to say Trent Sherfield. And here's why: is this is a player that not only contributes on special teams repeatedly, but when the Dolphins were up three to nothing in this game, they went for it on fourth down, and he made an incredible catch to keep the drive going. And then the Dolphins walked into the end zone or, or no, no, uh, the next play uh, 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 that was the Durham Smythe touchdown catch that put the Dolphins up 10, nothing. And then the game was over. So he yeah. is somebody that I think is, is repeatedly making key plays in these types of games. So Trent Sherfield gets my, my game ball here. I like that. I like that. Did you do your, your Coke bus? My Coke bus is uh, Austin Jackson. Okay. Uh, and it, we already kind of beat those reasons to death. And I, I just want to comment something about Austin Jackson, since you mentioned him, um, Eric in chat. I, I know we don't always agree on opinions and things like that, but you're basically Eric said that he feels like the the criticism is undeserved of Austin Jackson. We're just using him as a whipping boy. I'm sorry. No, no, yeah. Austin yeah. Jackson well, sucks. I, I got this one real quick though. First, it's it's he looked like a child standing on a traffic line in the middle of the highway watching the cars go by him, and it just it's no good. That's that's not what you need in a, a an offensive tackle, let alone a first round offensive tackle. It's yeah, it's he just didn't block anybody at times today and got run over the rest of the times. So there, there wasn't a moment where I went, that's our guy. And I know he was returning from injury, but I don't care. I really don't. You still have a job to do. Do it. Uh, Brandon Shell at right tackle, Teron Armstead at left tackle. Anybody that advocates for Austin Jackson as a good football player, come on now. Come on. Stop it. I mean, I, 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 I don't know what else to say. He's not good. He's never been good. He's always been somebody who has been a, 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 a good guy. You know, he, you know, donated his body part to his sister. I mean, he, he's been, he, he's a great human being. I want him to be a great football player, but he's never been that. Brandon Shell, you can scrape off the street and put him at the right tackle spot. That's all I care about. I want good football players, not Austin Jackson. Yeah, and w- that, one thing that just occurred to me, too, just speaking in terms of punt returner, I won't spend a lot of time on this. The guy that I really wanted this offseason to come in and return kicks and punts, Braxton Berrios. He would have been fantastic to add to this, this repertoire of ridiculousness we have talent-wise. I, I was fully on board with that as well. That's going to do it for our breakdown of the Dolphins dominant performance here over the Houston Texans, 30 to 15. You can follow Paul and I on Facebook, Twitter, all of our social media outlets, as well as the fan sided network and finfanatic.com. I'm Brian cat NFL. Paul is fanatic underscore pick. And if it's not on the right side, it's not on the left side. It is on the fin side. <laughs>